from the Mercy One Studio. Man Up, brought to you by Construction Professionals, a program dedicated to inspiring and helping men live lives of heroic virtue. Join Joe Stopulus every Monday at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. And now, it's time to Man Up. Welcome to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. We are broadcasting from the Mercy One studio, heard on 1150 AM, 88.5 FM, and 94.5 FM. Around the globe, streaming online at iowacatholicradio.com and on the Iowa Catholic Radio app. I am Joe Stopulus, and today I am joined again by my good friend, Tim Jameson. Today we are going to be discussing the topic of hell and demons. Let's start in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and the snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is a topic that is, I would say, not preached on very often nowadays. It's something that I think we should probably be bringing more into the fold than... Uh, uh, we are today in general. I think I know a lot of people from a lot of churches, um, whether they're Catholic or not, who are itching for these kind of conversations to be ta- talked about from the pulpit, quite honestly. Um, I'm not saying every single week we need to talk about the devil. We don't need to talk about him all the time, but we need to be uh, realizing he is there all the time. Uh, I mean, I believe that teaching of God's uh, infinite mercy and grace and love and loving one another, all those things obviously are take precedent. Those are very important things. But if we don't have an idea of the opponent to God, and I call him an opponent, he's got no chance against God in the long run, but he is currently on earth and he is tormenting many, many people, all of us, quite frankly, um, who are stuck in cycles of sin, as we'll talk about next week. Um, but the, the demonic is a, is a real entity and we need to come to grips with it in order to know how to fight it, you know, and best way to understand how to be successful against your opponent is to know your opponent. Tim Jamison has a lot of experience in dealing with this, uh, so I'm very excited on the other side of the break to have Tim on to discuss this very important topic of hell and death and Satan and devils and demons. Stick around. We'll be right back. Thank you, construction professionals, for underwriting Man Up. Construction professionals have been long supporters of Iowa Catholic Radio, and we've seen their work firsthand. It's very impressive. They do remodeling or new construction that is innovative, functional, and designing what you want. cpcustomhomes.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and John Leonetti in the morning is provided by Five Sons Naturescapes. Five Sons Naturescapes is a Catholic veteran-owned family company providing premium outdoor landscaping. Clean up and restore outdoor living space with retaining walls, privacy fencing, pergolas, paver sidewalks, and patios. Issues with soil settling and water around the foundation and yard? Five Sons Naturescapes can grade and install drainage tile to help. Five Sons Naturescapes online at fivesonsnaturescapes.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Christ is the Answer with Father John Ricardo is provided by Confluence Brewing Company, a local brewery featuring seasonal and limited-release beers located off the bike trail south of Grace Lake and online at confluencebrewery.com. Confluence Brewing Company has growlers to go, apparel, and other gifts for family and friends. Confluence Brewing Company is available for curbside service and would like to thank you for your support. Thank you, Confluence Brewing Company, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. My 
Welcome back to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. I am Joe Stopulis, and I am joined again today by my good friend, Tim Jamison. Tim, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Joe. Glad to be here. Tim was on a few weeks ago, and we discussed getting out of a uh, cycle of sin. Uh, Tim has a lot of experience with, uh, again, the charismatic movement, with been involved with a lot of healings, spiritually and physically. Uh, and we talked you know, very in-depth, I would say. I, I, I'd say in-depth. We you could talk forever, quite frankly, about the examples of people struggling with sin and getting out of sin. But we, we talked about the importance of understanding sin and having prudence to get out of that. And I told Tim, I said, Tim, he also has a lot of experience uh, with the dem- demonic. Uh, I've learned a lot from Tim in his experiences uh, in, in helping people get out of sin. In that experience, he also has experienced a lot of uh, a lot of exposure to the demonic. Tim, is there another way to say that? No, that's exa- people don't like talking about it, no, but that's exactly it's not easy. <laughs> but it's the truth. It's, yeah. it's exactly what it is. Uh, and similar to the setting up the conversation last time on people have lost the sense of sin, people don't believe in sin, Tim, I would, I would argue people don't believe in the devil or demons either. No, in fact, more people, I would say, I would, you know, I've never taken a poll, but I would bet the majority of people that I ask, maybe 10% believe that the devil is real or that he even exists anymore. So why should I believe that he, uh, that he exists and he's real? Well, <laughs> I can just tell you that I, I deal with him, if not daily, at least every other day with somebody. So we'll get into the specifics of that in a little bit. I, I want to start by maybe going back in time, Escoche to uh, Jesus. Well, how about we go to Jesus? Jesus talked about demons and the devil all the time, which again, when you talk with a lot of people who uh, are questioning the Bible, they'll say, well, I don't believe in the Old Testament God. I believe in the New Testament God, which is, uh, which is a heresy. But regardless of that, they'll say, you know, but I'll believe when Jesus talks about things and Paul and Peter, I'll believe that. I said, okay, well, A, it's a heresy to throw the entire Old Testament, but B, Jesus talks at, at length about devils and demons. Um, and then first Peter in one of my favorite lines in scripture, uh, in first Peter five, eight, which we read in the, uh, the, the liturgy of the hours, which is discipline yourselves, keep alert like a roaring lion, your adversary, the devil prowls around looking for someone to devour. These guys had no problem talking about it. Obviously we've lost it since then. Uh, Tim, it's as alive today. The devil's alive today as he's ever been. Uh, talk to oh, us about the devil. No, absolutely. In fact, if you remember right, what Jesus said was the apostles came to him one time and they said, you know, there's this epileptic and we um, can't, we can't um, get the devils out of this kid, you know, this man. And Jesus turned to them and said, have you fasted and prayed? And they said, no, we've just prayed. He said, well, go and fast and pray because some demons need more than others. And what he was referring to there is that there's different levels of demons. And we don't realize that we think they're all one, but they're not. There's way the the strength of demons it comes from something what I call a Klingon, which is just a, a little something you would get from visiting, let's say, a porn site or whatever it may be, something like that, to all the way up to being a full-fledged demon where it can be to the point where you are actually um, – possessed you know and to be real honest with you it's real rare that people are possessed it's um that they normally are just dealing with demons of one to multiple one one to five different sizes 
So when did your first experiences with, uh, I'm, again, I don't even know how to define it, supernatural, the, the, the world of angels and demons. When did your first encounters happen with that? Well, early on, uh, when I started praying for people, um, I, what had happened was I could tell that there was a demonic presence there because I could feel cold. I could feel, um, I could, I'm not going to explain it to, to put in words, but I could feel it. And so then I would cast, because um, the Lord gives us the ability to cast them out in the Bible. It clearly says, you know, when I leave, I'll send the paraclete and the Holy Spirit, and he can do all that I've done, including, you know, raising the dead, casting out demons, curing their ill, blah, blah, blah. And so he said, but not through your power, but through my power, you can cast them out. And in my name, you can cast them out. So clearly he's telling us what we need, we need to do and what we should be doing for 2000 years that we have not been doing. And um, so the minute I started praying with people, I could see these demons and I started casting them out. But what I did not know was that there's a second step where you need to have the demons then turn and close the doors and the windows from whence they came and then ask our Lord to take his precious blood and to seal these doors and windows so that they cannot return nor return with any other demons. So your first experience, did you see this in childhood with, with Father Graving at all? Did you, did you ever, oh, yeah. In fact, okay. Yeah, I was in, um, when Father Graving, when I was in spiritual direction um, under him for 12 years, he was the actual the the um, exorcist for the Sioux City's diocese for I don't know twenty years twenty five years something like that. So um, many different times when I was up there, there would be an exorcism going on either in his house or over at the church or outside or wherever it may be. Yeah. So I'll tell you, I again, I I come from a I was fairly skeptical a lot about a lot of this stuff. I I subscribed to the um, you know Jesus came to teach everyone to be nice and that's you know, that's all sing Kumbaya, Jesus. I really did have a lot of that in me um, for a long time. And so things like devils and demons and whatnot, I, I really pushed aside because it, to me, it was distracting to, well, that's not, you know, I can't put it under a microscope. I can't test it. And the more I talk with people like yourself, people like John Leonetti, who have been with, you know, chief exorcists at the Vatican, uh, and just anyone who's been around this, this order uh, of, the, of the spiritual life, you quickly realize it is it is an extremely real thing, uh, and but it's 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 again I think it's hard for people like myself who've never experienced it at least you know as tangibly as people like you have um, to feel it and to believe it. Uh, does that make sense, Tim? Yeah. Well, the problem is all of us want what I call cotton candy cast Catholicism, where we think of you know bubbles and rainbows and all the wonderful things. Um, and that is true. There are wonderful things. But um, remember, justice, Jesus not only has his mercy, but he has, has the side of justice. And um, so the evil, the, the reason there's, that's there is because of evil. And evil's real. Evil's always been real. Evil's been there since the beginning. And it will be there till the very end. We all know the end of the story. We know the end of the chapter. But, it's, you know, to not face it, to not claim it, to not talk about it is just arrogant on our behalf. So can you talk to us about some, maybe some experiences you've had uh, to maybe it, give us sure. maybe some sure. insight into what it looks like? Sure. Um, I, the first, I guess the, big, the first big one that I can remember, um, this is going back probably 30-some years ago. Um, it was on the steps of, um, 
outside of West Bend, Iowa, up by the Grotto of Redemption, there was a, a lady, a farm wife. Uh, she weighed about 110 pounds, and there were four big men around her. They were all, you know, 200-pound men that could not lift her off the ground. And somebody came over to Father Graven's house and got him, and I went with them, and he said a prayer to protect all of us. And when we were walking up to this lady, um, you could actually hear the demon say, oh, no, here comes Louie, here comes Louie. And um, they knew him by, obviously, his first name because um, he ex- exercised them many times before. And uh, so he did an exorcism right then and there on the steps of the uh, church outside in West Bend. And um, this lady had uh, three different um, she was possessed, actually, by three different um, demons. What does that do to someone like yourself or maybe the four guys that are there uh, in that experience? I think the four guys had to go get a beer. <laughs> <laughs> but in reality, it's something that is, um, it's been around for 2,000 years. I mean, no. the demons, I mean, if you read this, if you read scripture, if you know scripture, um, it, it, we, it's there. I mean, it, it didn't change. We have the same God and we have the same devil we had 2,000 years ago. So a lot of questions asked quite frequently is why does God allow the devil to exist? Uh, why would God even allow these kinds of things? I've got my views. I'd love to hear yours. Well, it's like everything. You know, it's just, it'd be my opinion and my opinion only. But uh, Christ does allow things to happen for benefits down the road because i've seen it so many times because I, I felt you know why did god allow this why did god allow this well then five years later you figured out why he did because it's easier to see you know um in the rearview mirror um than at present day but he does and and he allows it for families to grow stronger he he allows it for faith to grow stronger he, he allows it for men to sharpen men just as iron he allows it to be tempered um, he allows it for lots of different reasons but you know, it is not mine to question. Uh, is hell real? <laughs> yes, it's very real. I thought I'd make you laugh on that one. How do you know it's real, Tim? <laughs> because um, if you lived with me and you prayed with the people I pray with every day and you saw what I saw and heard what I heard, you would know it's real. And you would smell that it's real. Have you ever had an opportunity? I mean, I don't know if you call it an opportunity in, your, in the visions that God's granted you. Have you ever seen a glimpse of hell or given had an idea of, of of the realm of hell? If I if the if the question is if I've ever been to hell, no. If the question is if I've ever had um, a realization of hell, the answer is yes. Meaning, um, I've been close enough and smelled enough and saw enough and felt enough to know what it was and where I was and um, that I obviously my soul was jumping to get out of there. And um, so I, you know, and then the opposite is true on heaven, you know, the same thing, obviously I've never experienced heaven, but I've been close enough in, dement- in a dimension that it's, I didn't want to come back. I can tell you that. Which so is one hand, my, yeah. I say one of the things. On one side my, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, my soul's jumping wanting to get the heck out of the one and my soul is, is dragging its feet and is trying to stay in the other place. As you say, when you read accounts of people who have had near death experiences, it, the similarities between them are all so stark, how similar they are in tenor. And one of the things that so often is the case is what you just mentioned there that, I mean, outside of light and colors and things like that is this feeling of, I don't want to come back. 
like I'm, I'm in a place, I'm close to this place. I don't, I don't want to leave. Um, no, but that's I, exactly, I've never, exactly. I don't know many stories about people uh, encroaching upon what hell feels like. So I want you to scare me, Tim. Um, maybe describe <laughs> the, the feelings a bit. I'm assuming you got to a feeling where you're like, I'll do anything to never go back there kind of thing. Try to scare me a bit, Tim. Uh, okay. The one that jumps into my head, um, about, I don't know, 25 years ago or so I'm at adoration at St. Augustine's and a young man comes into St. Augustine's and, uh, taps me on the shoulder and we go outside, talk and we walk south of Grand and we're just walking along. And, um, he tells me about that. He had a desire to become a priest and some things happened uh, on that road and he feels like he's being possessed. And, and I thought to myself, I've been around a lot of exorcisms and, um, it doesn't feel like you're, you know, he's possessed to me, but anyway, so I was listening to this young man and, um, five minutes later, we're walking south of grand and out of the timbers and the people are listening are probably either really questioning me at this point, but I'm going to go for it and tell you the truth. So, um, there was an animal that came up out of the timbers and I thought it was a deer cause I could hear it, but it was a tall, uh, wolf-like animal that had black curly hair. And it had ram's horns on it. And uh, this young man, when it came at us, jumped or fell to the curb along the road there. And um, the Holy Spirit jumped inside of me, into me, and moved my arm out and said, in the name of Jesus Christ, be gone. And that demon um, that had manifested itself disappeared at the end of my fingers. It, it has to be hard. I understand for our listeners the, how, to your point, Tim, this sounds so far-fetched. If you get to know Tim Jamison, Tim Jamison is like the nicest, most down-to-earth person you're ever going to meet. Family man, good, just a solid guy, likes to have a nice glass of whiskey. And so when Tim tells stories like this, it adds so much credence to me because, I, I mean, I trust the source. Uh, and I understand getting to know you um, that this stuff is this stuff is real. Uh, what effect did that have on you and then maybe the young man as well? Well, I can tell you that that young man, without saying any names, is a priest in the, in the Des Moines Diocese today, and uh, it just completely convicted my faith even that much stronger in the grace and the love of our Christ, our Lord. So, you know, I, I, I wanted to have this episode because I was in adoration about a month ago, and I, I feel like as a child, I had a better sense of the magnitude of my sin. You know, I think I had a better sense of the existence uh, of hell and of demons. And then I think just throughout my teenage years and my twenties, I just, I, I kind of lost sight of it. You know, again, I focused on what I, I feel like today is very um, standard, which I just want to be a good person. You know, as long as I'm a good person, that's, that's what's important. Um, and obviously it is important, but I think when you lose a sense of what else is out there, you kind of take your eye off the prize and, and understand that Jesus didn't come. <laughs> Jesus came to defeat the devil. Jesus came because of these things. And he went through hell. He went through at literal hell for us. And if we lose that idea that hell exists and that the demon, like then how does the, the story of Christ even make sense? And I, again, Tim, we got off on a tangent there, but that's what I, I I'm trying to wrap all these things together. It just doesn't make sense without hell and without the devil. Well, let me, let me challenge you there. When's the last time you heard a conversation, uh, homily, let's say, from any priest um, that talked about uh, demons 
the devil or hell. The reason we don't is because when they come out of seminaries and I talk to lots of, I work with lots of seminarians and um, they're not educated. They don't talk about the Holy Spirit. They don't talk about, unfortunately, the devil and, um, and how real he truly is in our lives. And I would throw out, if you, if you, if you listen to any sermons from uh, Fulton Sheen, uh, you'll hear the devil mentioned with frequency. And obviously he's a 1950s. Even, even Pope Francis admits, he didn't talk that much about hell. He talked about the devil and, and, the, and Satan. Um, and I know Benedict did too, but you're right. I, I just don't think it's, I think a lot of people in the pews don't want to hear it. And I don't I think a lot of priests haven't been taught it. And so it just gets pushed by the wayside. And I think it's dangerous, Tim. I, I think when we don't have an understanding of who our enemy is, we're, we're losing sight of that. And then we can't win the war. Well, he's already, yeah. If, if we don't believe in him and we don't believe in sin, the, that battle has already been won, right? So how many more battles till the war, till the war is over? Yeah. And that's, again, I think it, it's, it's very similar to the conversation we had last time on losing the sense of sin, losing the idea of what sin is. If we don't believe that there's an evil, if we don't believe in evil, in, in the devil, in hell, uh, we're missing a huge chunk of the faith, an enormous chunk of the faith, the, the why to Jesus coming here, right? Yes. Isn't it funny, Joe, have you ever stopped and think about this? There's Catholics that are sitting in the pew that do not believe in the, the Blessed Sacrament. They do not believe that it's the true presence, right? But mm-hmm. here we have Satanists, Satanists that have black masses, and to have a full-fledged <laughs> black mass, you have to have the Eucharist. Oh, yeah. So they go and steal one. So here's the, here's the wow. people... Think that through. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. That's a good point. And how much of that is just because of the the lack of catechesis on this stuff that we've had? Um, where we and I don't know what the answer is, Tim. But I'm that's why I wanted to have this show with you to at least get the ball rolling on it in my own life and on the show. Is it's kind of I think we need to do some reading and research. Do you have any resources or anything that you would? you would point to for us to learn more about this or people we could listen to or talk to we listen to? Yeah, you can do what, do what I did. Just go out to Google and put demonic warfare, Catholic church, and the sources pop up like crazy. And, um, and they're all from either, you know, very verifiable um, yeah. sources. And um, it's just, it, we have to educate ourselves because the catechesis, you, you nailed it there. The catechesis, we've not had catechesis, solid catechesis for many, many, many years. And um, it just gets weaker with each generation. Well, Tim, I appreciate that. I will not go scare the crap out of myself and Google search uh, demonic <laughs> possession. Uh, but I, I do think, I think it's important. I think it's something we all need to do. Um, and it can, it can only help because it's real. I mean, pretending it's not real isn't going to help. Uh, and as Tim alluded to with the stories he's told and the experience he's had, this stuff is real and it matters and turning a blind eye towards it is not going to help anyone. So we're going to head to a short break, Tim. I appreciate it. And we will be right back. What is the best gift ever? Giving a Catholic education is at the top of my list. Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO, you receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. 
Thank you, Dental Associates, for underwriting Dowling Catholic Sports 365. With over 40 years' experience, Dental Associates is a group dental practice with the mission of promoting optimum health and well-being to all patients, providing preventative, restorative, and cosmetic dentistry for the entire family. Message underwritten by Dr. Kenton Gleichman, Dr. Steve Carbaca, Dr. Christine Mulcahy, and Dr. Ben Nagel. Dental Associates, addressing your smile, needs, and dreams. Online at Des Moines-DentalAssociates.com. Welcome back to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. My thanks again to Tim Jameson. Glad to see he and I are on the exact same page, which is specifically that the fact that we have not talked about it. We have quite literally, we maybe did talk about it too much for for millennia. I have no idea. I was not around uh, during those times. To witness it, but I do know I don't. I don't think we're talking enough about the real, uh, the realization uh, of the demonic, of of actual evil that's in the world uh, that can take possession of people. And again, and if we don't think it's a real thing, we won't be worried about having to fight against it, right? Um, why struggle against something that you don't even think is real? And so I think there needs to be a healthy balance there. I, I truly do think there needs to be a healthy balance there that we as a church, we as a people, need to be open about discussing these things, uh, and we need to be open to understanding the realization of these things. That way we can better fight against it and educate other people on it, which I think will lead into next week's episode. So a little little uh, plug for next week's episode, which is Tim Jamison again. Uh, but next time I'm going to have him on to discuss cycles of sin and getting out of those cycles of sin. Again, once once you start a cycle of sin, once you've been tempted into it and you've You've completely gotten yourself hooked in whatever that cycle of sin is. How do you get yourself out? Is it possible to get yourself out? Um, and I think these two things are obviously very correlated, which is why I want to have Tim, who's dealt uh, at length with many people struggling with sin, struggling with cycles of sin, uh, and and had experiences with the demonic. I think it works well for him to come back next week to talk about those things. So thank you for joining me today on Man Up on IO Catholic Radio. I am Joe Stopulus, and it's time to man up. Man Up, inspiring men to live out their call to holiness with Joe Stopulis. Heard Mondays at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. Brought to you by Construction Professionals.